Hello and welcome to Matt Delia is Confused. This is Matt Delia and this is our second Sunday service. Hopefully this becomes a routine. Uh, the K congregation, the Confused congregation unites once again. And with that in mind, for all you religious minded folks out there, It's not what he says or what he did. Oh, it's not by his might or by his power alone. Killing it. Oh, but by, by the Holy Spirit. Killing it. I said by the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the Holy Killing Spirit. Killing it. All right, that's enough of that, but welcome to Sunday service. Um, that was my main man, Lester Rector, singing in the Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. As you all know, I'm very not religious, but I love fucking church music. And today's Sunday, and while some of you motherfuckers, well, probably not some of you motherfuckers, but there are some motherfuckers out there still insisting on going to actual church. I talked about this last Sunday. It's the reason we have a confused congregation now because that shit makes us fucking confused. So at least something good came out of it. We can all get together now and talk about how fucking fucked up it is that these Christian motherfuckers can't take a week off. And of all the weeks off to ask Christians to take, True Christians, half-assed Christians like myself. I mean, I wouldn't even call myself half-assed. I don't, I'm not, I'm zero-assed. I'm empty-assed. I'm an empty-assed Christian. But uh, those like me who still celebrate Christmas, because what the fuck? It's barely even a religious thing anymore. You could be born now and live your whole life and not even really know that Christmas is a Christian thing. With all the Santa shit and the elves and presents, fucking yuletide, mistletoe. Anyway, even more important to real Christians than that, than the birth of Jesus, is the death of Jesus. And that's Easter, and that's this week, and that's today. Happy fucking Easter. I find it telling that it's more important when Jesus died than when he was born to a real Christian. But Moving on from that, today has has been um, a much, I guess, I guess, uh, hotly uh, uh, debated, well, at least in some places, whether people should be able to go to church. Because, as I said, today of all days is a day that people want to go to church. If one is inclined to go to church, today would be the day to go. I mean, when I was growing up, my parents were half-assed Christians. And we went to church only on Easter. And Easter, I mean, are there some of you who don't even know what Easter is? There might actually be. Uh, It's not just the Easter bunny and all that. What it's celebrating is not just Jesus' death, obviously, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, which according According to that all-knowing book, the very factual and verifiable book known as the New Testament, 
his resurrection happened on, I believe, the third day um, after either his burial or his crucifixion. I don't know. But anyway, Christians celebrate it. They take 40 days leading up to it to do something called Lent. Um, and that is when they, you're supposed to give up something that is, that is something you do. It's like a sacrifice. You give up something, uh, that you like to do or care about, uh, as a sacrifice in the name of, uh, God. Fasting, prayer, penance, giving up chocolate, whatever the fuck it is that you want to give up. That's how Christians celebrate. And then it ends, it all culminates on a celebration on Easter Sunday of his resurrection. Which is, for a Christian, it's the most important thing. But I've been thinking more about this shit. Uh, Just the Christian, the American, particularly the American Christian response to the pandemic. Which, you know, I mean, it first stuck in my craw because it was... As I said last week, I don't, I don't, I don't like to outright um, criticize religious people much anymore. I, I used to when I was younger, but you know, I, I had kind of fallen into this more mature view of it, which was, you know, I don't. If if you need to do that, if you need to practice that, if you need to believe that to get through the day to sleep at night, then who the fuck am I? What do I really know? Uh, that's largely because it doesn't usually affect me or doesn't even usually potentially affect me besides in some kind of like amorphous way you could argue that religiosity in the world makes my life worse and i could certainly make that argument but i choose not to and and when in in discussion with a believer in any kind of interaction with a believer i'm respectful of those beliefs but now as i said last week it's starting to become a thing that actually could very well potentially affect me. Not just like these people getting all together, insisting on still going to church, even though it's ridiculous. Hey, just stop for a little while. God believes you. If in your heart you really want to be at church, but you know there's a pandemic and you might get or give or spread COVID. God forgives you, you know? God knows in your heart you really wish you could be at church worshiping with everybody else. But he forgives you. But yeah, it's starting to be something that could potentially affect me, not just in that it might give it to me. I might get it or someone I love might be more likely to get it because these people refuse to listen to doctors and professionals and experts saying, please Avoid gatherings of 10 people or less. Avoid gatherings of 5 people or less. Stay home. Stay home. Stay home. Stay home. But no. Can't do it. Certainly can't do it on Easter. I'm recording this on Saturday evening, but I'm sure by the time you're hearing this, there will be stories in the news about Christians ducking the law and congregating, gathering to celebrate the resurrection of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. K. I had to say K after that because I was starting to get angry, but I said K and now I don't feel angry. But I'm going to still keep talking about this. Now I was reading, there are even, there are even, uh, even in states like Kentucky, they're telling people that if you go to church, we're going to take down your fucking license plate and make you quarantine for 14 days. In Kentucky... Deep red state, Mitch McConnell's state, bitch McConnell's state, bitch ass McConnell's state, deep red. But even they're like, just don't fucking do it. We're going to surveil your ass, write down your plate and make you quarantine for 14 days. So... That's happening even in Kentucky, which something, if you can read tea leaves at all, you should know that, well, maybe this is actually serious because the last thing the governor of Kentucky would ever do is ask people to not go to church. Moreover, ask people or tell people that if you do go to church, we're going to take down your license plate and make you quarantine for 14 days. That is like the most, to a libertarian, that's like the, the, 
that's got to be a sign of end times. But I got to say, what, it's, what all this has been making me think in speaking of end times, is that it's making me think, because you hear Christians talk about, you know, it's a, it's a, God striking back against uh, the, the the disease, rather coronavirus, is God's uh, God's way of getting back for for an unclean world or whatever the fuck. You hear all these theories, you know. I think people uh, react to disaster, uh, particularly religious minded people react to nat- natural disasters as signs of God, which is an ancient thing to do, and by ancient I mean dumb. Because back in those days, at least you had an excuse, you know, in fucking 1000 BC, if there's a storm right after you fucking shit and didn't wipe your butt, you might be like, oh, God's trying to tell me to wipe my butt. I mean, if only that's the lessons these fuckers learned. But, you know, everything was a sign. Uh, Everything that was bigger than you was an act of God, basically. And that was constantly read into and, and in, interpreted as an act of God, whether that be through punishment or, um, well, yeah, let's not kid. Let's not kid ourselves. Most of it was usually to punish. So, yeah, it's natural that if you grew up reading this shit, you would think that God did it. But the Christian reaction to this makes me think that the one thing that they're anticipating more than anything, more than they anticipate Easter every year, the apocalypse, the rapture, when that shit comes, their reaction to this is making me think they're not going to fucking be able to recognize that shit when it comes. It's so incongruous and it just, everything they fucking do basically doesn't add up when you try to apply logic to it. But all this shit's making me, starting to make me think that if the rapture actually came, it won't. But if the rapture actually came, it won't. Now, if the rapture actually came, even though it won't, what the fuck would these people do in the face of it? Nobody, Nobody wants to shut down businesses. My government doesn't tell me what to do. My president is not my God. I saw a fucking headline earlier today. It was somebody talking about... What was the exact quote? My president is not my God. In response to... um, Asking to... Telling him not to... uh, Go to church, not to gather, not to keep your business open, whatever. My government is not my creator. My president is not my God. This was Louisiana pastor Tony Spell. I feel like when the rapture comes, they're just going to be like, the fucking, the world's going to be burning. Everyone's going to be dying of leprosy left and right. People just like bursting into flames. Sinners bursting into flames. Being sent to hell for an eternity. And these fucking Christians... Hardcore Christians in Kentucky and Mississippi are going to be like, well, can I keep my fucking sporting goods store open? Can't we all still fucking gather? You can't tell me what to do. They won't be able to read the fucking signposts. If you think that it's an act of God, listen to what God's doing. If it's an act of God, the coronavirus... And you can get it by being close to somebody. And you believe in God. And you, and you want to fucking respect the shit he did. Stay away from motherfuckers for a little while. That includes especially going to church. Cha. Yeah, God is here for the final judgment, but let me just fucking keep my mattress store open. And if the government tells me not to, just fucking wait and see. Watch what happens. So the closer you look at the fucking this kind of behavior, the, cl- the more you're just like, oh, what? 
I just think underneath it all, and this is my bigger point, underneath it all, people who have read, been raised Christian, or really any kind of religion, because let's face it, any kind of ancient religious text is mega violent and laced with disaster and laced with meaningful, purposeful disaster brought upon by God as punishment or justice. So they want this shit. They love this shit. There's a fucking virus going around killing people and nobody knows why. Scientists are like, I don't know. That makes these motherfuckers so happy. I wish they'd just come out and say it. Just be plain about it. I love this disaster. It reminds me of my favorite book. That's what they should all be fucking saying right now. It reminds me of my favorite parts in my favorite book. The Bible. Fucking getting so hot. Hang on. Oh, sorry. There's a Chinese guy in here. No, that's something I'm playing later. I just hit my phone by mistake. But yeah, I mean, the one thing, if I did go to church, the one thing I would fucking miss about church... Is this shit? Also, if God's going to forgive you for every fucking sin and you think not going to church is a sin, skip church until the fucking pandemic's over. Go back. Say you're sorry. He'll be fucking fine with it. At least we got fucking church music. Otherwise, all would be lost. Oh, oh, fuck. Switching gears here for a second uh, before I forget. So I told this story uh, in the, um, the last episode that came out on Wednesday about my encounter with this guy at uh, in my elevator in my building who, um, just to recap it real quick, he came in, I was taking the elevator down, I had my shit on, like a proper person of the world, who has decency and respect for other people, especially in a hallway, or in an elevator, or in a lobby, anywhere where you might be very close to somebody, uh, you wear something on your fucking face, and I'm not going to rehash that my whole shit about that. But it's a real problem. If you're doing that, put a fucking thing over your face. Anyway, this guy didn't do that. And I was upset. Didn't know what to do. He got on the ninth floor. We're going down. I didn't have time to think. I wasn't really thinking. And I just... I was so upset. And I didn't know where to put my rage. And I just started going... Until eventually around floor four... He finally was just too confused where he finally said, what are you doing? And right before, before he could even get the full words out, before the full phrase out, the full question out, it was, it was like this. It was, what are you doing? What are you doing? That was me interrupting him, asking him the same question. Because what the fuck was he doing? He wasn't wearing a mask. And that's disrespectful. Anyway, I swear on my life, that what I'm about to say happened. Uh, that story I told 
that happened. And then the next day, I was coming back into my building from walking my dog, Charlie, and he was walking out of the building. We passed each other in the lobby, and guess what he was wearing? A fucking mask over his mouth and nose. Now, I got some feedback from you guys, from listeners, about did that really happen? Uh, did I really do that? Advising me to maybe to suggesting I don't do that. And I'm not really going to defend the act of doing it. Here's what I'm going to defend, though. The instinct, the raw instinct to do it. I, I didn't even really know why I was doing it. It was just my pure anger bubbling up. But I did it because he wasn't wearing a mask. And I got, somehow I conveyed the message to him. Because the truth is, I, want, I don't know if he would have put a mask on if I was just like, hey man, listen, I'm going to need you to wear a mask because I need to uh, dissolve my fury with you. Or even just, it's a public safety thing. Can you just put on a mask? I don't know. People don't like that kind of shit. But I did some kind of weird voodoo on him. Where I was just fucking being vague and abstract and psychotic. And got what I wanted. There's no real lesson in that. It's just a follow-up. What I did worked. And I guess what I'm saying is, if any of you feel fury towards someone and don't know how to react, and you're looking for a real shake-up, switcheroo type thing, I might be the person to come to for that. To advise you. So that's my follow-up from last week. I was real proud about that. Um, what I'm not, I'm, I'm real happy about that. What I was not real happy about uh, since last episode, actually, I have come to discover that someone who I actually know, I won't name any names, but someone I actually know is like, has been totally set off and sort of, uh, He's, he's sort of leapt off the deep end in terms of he was already sort of like interested and he would sort of post about like the Vegas shooting, like vague conspiracy theory shit about that and like just like super hardcore anti-media stuff. But now since the coronavirus shit's going on, and I know I talk about this a lot of the conspiracy theorists, all of these fucking idiots who can't just be like yeah it was nature it was natural and everybody fucked up and now the entire world has it people who can't wrap their head around that tragedy are just coming up with the wildest shit and i spend a lot of time talking about it but it, it it can't be overstated how insidious this kind of thinking is anyway my point is that i now know i mean i know I, i'm sure i know more than this guy but i know for sure for a fact that this guy who I have known for years and care about, this person's a friend of mine, is just utterly off his shit since this COVID-19 shit started and fully is, is fully in the fucking social media. He's constantly posting on social media about everybody's, you know, come on, sheeple, can't you guys, like, Pull the wool out from uh, over your eyes. The media is lying to us. Why are they lying to us? Why are they really pumping up the numbers? Why do they really want us to be scared? What's Bill Gates really up to? The Bill Gates shit is, is a new one, at least as far as I understand. At least as far as my... It's, it's new to my eye. I, I'm, I hadn't been really exposed to so much Bill Gates conspiracy theorist shit until the pandemic. And I think a lot of it is, is tied to a couple things. At first, it really confounded me, but I, I've looked into it and I kind of, I don't want to say I get it now because to say I get it would be to give it too much credit, this theory. But it, it's basically Bill Gates had a TED talk years ago where he basically predicted that the next pandemic would go a lot like this. 
So that to a conspiracy theorist is like, well, how did he know? The whole thing is cloaked in a warning. Trying to create a world with, basically just trying to create a healthier world with healthier people on it. And the TED talk happened to be about the next pandemic, uh, how bad it might be, what it might look like. And he ended up being really, really right in a lot of ways. What a surprise. He's fucking Bill Gates. And his foundation has put a lot into uh, studying infectious, infectious diseases, finding vaccines for them. And naturally, because he's interested in finding vaccines for infectious diseases that kill people. Let me repeat that. He's interested in finding vaccines for infectious diseases that kill people. This is the end of it. He's just a fucking philanthropist. He's absurdly rich. He's the second richest person in the world after Jeff Bezos. He's got like a hundred billion dollars or something. And he's spending a lot of his own fucking money trying to make people he'll never ever meet live longer and better lives. This is his only agenda. And on some AMA, apparently, is when it started, uh, I think in the middle of, of last month, in the middle of March, he was talking about possible implementations about how we would do this uh, in the middle of this pandemic, how to sort of eke our way back out in the safest possible way. And he was talking about when a vaccination comes, how to identify those who have been vaccinated, those who have not been vaccinated. And he was talking about maybe like an invisible mark under your skin or some kind of card you carry around to say, you know, and he's throwing out these very technologically advanced ideas. Well, once you mention invisible marks, tracking people, any, any idiot will start to call you Satan, basically, because there's a whole religious angle, particularly Christianity, any sort of globalist who has an any kind of idea about a global system where one is de demarcated in one way from a net the next, anyone that is, is Christian, again, these people have been reading the Bible their whole lives or at least familiar with it, that you're liable to think, I guess, because the Bible is often interpreted as like an anti-globalist thing. Babylon has long been equated with any kind of urbane society, any kind of educated class. Obviously, uh, Jewish people have been lumped into that, you know, uh, and, and it's all obviously bullshit. And uh, that's no surprise because it's a book that's fucking 2,000 years old. Anyway, the conspiracy theorist that I found, that was the sort of like the, the planting of the seed of this new conspiracy theory that Bill Gates is Satan, which, okay. Uh, you see that quite a bit, though. You see these, uh, uh, someone sent me this gif the other day. It's like, it's this stupid, it's hilarious. But people actually believe this shit. That's why this shit gets made. Bill Gates' face morphs into uh, Satan's head with horns and the fucking goatee and everything. How did Satan get a goatee? I don't know. That's not. That's definitely not in the Bible. Satan always had horns and other fucked up shit. But I, where did the fucking goatee come from? I don't. I don't know. But the. I mean, I believe if Satan exists, he definitely has a goatee. Anyway, so now after that, some like ridiculous Christian publication printed about how Bill Gates is trying to. Uh, be able to track everyone, this thing, this invisible ink tattoo, which he proposed as a possibility in a fucking AMA on Reddit that this is going to be the mark of the beast that they talk about in the Bible. Satan's mark of the beast. Okay. And then Alex Jones picked it up. He of InfoWars the most fucking K guy in the fucking history of the world picked it up. And now it's like a vast far and wide conspiracy theory, just like a few of the other ones that are getting, gaining traction now. Um, actually I, let me, that was the video I wanted to play, uh, where the Chinese guy was talking. I don't know how this exactly works, but 
in this clip, there's a Chinese guy just talking. And then Bill Gates starts answering, but in English. So clearly he's a fucking genius. Which I'm sure is a sign to conspiracy theorists, just another sign that he's Satan. But listen to what he says when he's asked about these conspiracy theories. I'd say it's an ironic if you take somebody who's doing their best to get the world ready and, you know, putting, in my case, uh, billions of dollars into these tools for infectious diseases and really trying to solve broadly infectious diseases, including those that uh, can cause pandemics. But that, you know, we're in a crazy situation, so there's going to be crazy rumors. I hope, whether it's individuals or countries, then in some ways this shows us how interdependent we are, that to stop a, a global pandemic, we need to find whoever's the best, whatever the best vaccine construct are, the best drugs, and we need to make it without just focusing on one country. We need to make it for the entire world, including for countries that don't have the resources to pay for vaccine research or vaccine factories. You know, they're actually... Uh, many ways should be the priority for what we do. So, you know, I, I, you know, there's lots of attacks out there. In general, uh, people have been very positive. So that's him responding to uh, the growing conspiracy theory that his attempts at finding a vaccination for this thing are actually all a lie, and he's. He created coronavirus uh, just to release it out into the world and then try to cure it. And in curing it, mark us with the mark of the beast. Fucking K. I mean, fucking K. That guy's not trying to kill us all, you know? But what he's responding to in that is the anti-globalist sentiment that he gets fucking wrapped up in uh, about he's talking about how it's not just a one country problem. It's going to take a global effort. And that is just something that will always be sort of associated with uh, what Babylon represents in the Bible, which is this sort of educated, upper crust uh, expert class uh who basically it's sort of a government bureaucracy, which sure have a fucking problem with government, government and bureaucracy. I'm not like a fan of those things, but I don't think they're aligned with Satan. And I don't think a guy who's investing, literally investing 19 billion of his own dollars, forget everything else he's already put into helping the fucking world, which is in, in the billions for sure. He announced he's giving $19 billion dollars to start seven different laboratories, basically, focused exclusively on curing, or vaccinating, rather, for against COVID-19. And that's just to get things started. Then whichever one or two emerge as the most likely or the most promising, he's going to funnel more money into those. But again, it's just this inability... To recognize the sloppiness of the world, the messiness of the world, the world that does not, the uncaring world that does not give us a narrative. There is no narrative. I was, I was reading about the fucking Pope again with this shit, the Pope who, yeah, let's all agree that the Pope doesn't deserve headlines anymore. One look at what he's wearing and I'm not going to listen to that motherfucker. One look at his car and I'm not going to listen to that motherfucker. Anyway, he was talking about how maybe coronavirus is uh, uh, nature's response to the climate crisis. Hey, Pope, we've heard enough utter bullshit from you. We don't need you to chime in about the fucking disease that's plaguing the world and where what you think it is. Also, aren't you the fucking Pope? What is your deal with the climate crisis? Why doesn't God fucking fix it? You think the client, mother nature responded to polluting her air and environment with this? Just 
think like one step past. That's the thing with any conspiracy theorist. I mean, that's not a conspiracy theory, but it's as dumb-minded, as stupid, as as uncritical, as demented as any other dumbass motherfucking conspiracy theory about this shit. You're just accrediting the entire source and the entire cause to some entity, whether it's fucking Mother Nature or Bill Gates or whatever the fuck. There's always some easy answer. And then they're always like, you know, you should do your research too. That's what this dude I fucking, uh, that, uh, that I'm friends with is talking about. You know, anytime, anytime somebody snaps back at him in the comments, he's just like, you do your research. And then if, and then if you're like, what research, you know? He's like, uh, he just rattles off some shit, you know, about like the Rothschilds and the media and who, and JFK. And he, he quotes JFK in one speech that was, had absolutely had nothing to do with anything that he's thinking about or talking about now. Not only because it was from 19 fucking 60, but it's just vague enough that he can project onto it what he thinks, you know, and it always ends up with like, he was killed. Why was he killed? Who wanted him killed and why? Do your research. And it's just like, no, no, no. I'm asking you. Don't tell me to do my research. I'm like a fucking, uh, I, I'm like, uh, one of my great interests is, is American history. If somebody asked me a question about American history that I knew, I wouldn't be like, hey, just, you know what? Why don't you do your research? Do your research and then let's talk. I'd be like, this is the answer. That's the thing about these conspiracy theorists is never, ever, whenever there's an unanswerable question of which there are many, it's always just like, ah, yeah, you know what? Why don't you read about it a little bit? You fucking lemming. Stop believing everything the media tells you. Do your research and then come back to me. Like fucking tell me, answer me. I'm uh, technically, I'm kind of doing my research now. I'm asking you who purports to be a fucking authority. Anyway, uh, but, the, you know, their research by way of the fact that they've already excluded anything the media is telling them, they write off all of everything the media ever says. So what does their research include? Idiot ass blogs by other dumbass conspiracy theorists. But yeah, it just goes to show how fucked up everyone's mind already is and then on top of that how fucked up everyone's mind is extra additionally fucked up because of what's going on right now people are just fucking absolutely ill-prepared and then they got their brains rocked they were ill-prepared vulnerable and then this thing came along and rocked their fucking mind anyway i got more where that came from more about that shit more about other shit more about lots of shit uh, I'm going to take a break now and I'll be right back. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. And I'm back. Man, I was just fucking reading about uh, we already have the highest death count of any country in the world. I mean, how could anybody be like, yeah, the government's handling this well? Trump talking about fucking reopening the, the, uh, America as soon as possible. He wanted to do on Easter. He wanted to do fucking today. Meanwhile, every single day we're breaking yesterday's record. I read, I actually think New York alone has more cases than any other country in the fucking world. That might be wrong, but I think that's what I read. Anyway, either way, our country has the most of any other country in the world. Handling it badly. I don't give a fuck, you know? Whatever the details are, which obviously I could get into and you can read about yourself, about how we fucked this up. There's a ton of shit. Today I read this really long detailed article about all the missteps that we took, that we could have taken to prevent, steps we could have taken to prevent this that we just didn't. The most fucked shit. And you hear a lot about like, well, when are we going to reopen the government? I feel like, or not the government, but when are we going to reopen the country, the economy, rather? 
I feel like I'm seeing that almost in equal measure of like the careful argument. Be careful. Let's. It's basically what do we value more, public health or the economy? And I was reading something earlier. It was actually it's actually a Fox News poll, which don't ask me how, but Fox News polls are unbiased. Actually, I guess that's not somehow not surprising because if you're just if you're polling a poll is a poll it's like fucking math what are you gonna do lie about that i guess they could but no they don't fox news polls are accurate um but it was saying about how like only only four percent of people in america think trump is overreacting meaning that 96 percent either think he's adequately reacting as in isn't going too far in shutting shit down or should be doing more fucking 96 percent and 80 percent said they don't think we should reopen the economy too soon uh at the expense of public health and obviously more death so really it's not that It really is the minority opinion who wants shit to be reopened, come what may. Fucking just willy nilly, just yeah, fucking open everything up. I need to make, I need my money. Where's my money? By the way, go- where is my money, government? You fucked up. You took too long. Now everything's all fucked up, and we all gotta fucking stay home, stay home, because all you motherfuckers fucked it up. Give us all money and give it to us now. I guess the checks are starting to go out today, but hmm, I wonder if there's going to be more. I wonder if that's going to be delayed. Hmm. I mean, we're not going to be getting our fucking checks till October, and we know it. Uh, I'm going to get into some fucking questions from you guys as I usually do and I'm gonna pull here we go at random got any favorite conspiracies question mark I do but the rest of the tweet goes on so far the funniest one I have heard is that all birds were killed back in the 80s and replaced with spy drones, and that COVID-19 is a hoax so that the government can instill a curfew to recharge them while everyone is home. Recharge the bird drones. Okay, well, that's pretty good, but I haven't heard that, and I think it's a little... That's not my favorite. Let me just put it that way. My favorite... I mean, the way I'll... The way I'll talk about my favorite is the one that incites the greatest passion that doesn't mean it doesn't saying it's my favorite sounds wrong because i don't like any of them all of them are absolutely fucking idiotic but my favorite one if i had to pick one the one that incites the most passion in me the most red hot fury and confusion which is obviously what this podcast is all about Digging deep and finding the confusion shit. Actually, you don't have to dig very deep. But yeah. Um, is this fucking 5G shit? Thousands and thousands of people believe that 5G technology is spreading coronavirus, COVID-19, is responsible for the spread. I read an article in the New York Times um, earlier today. I think it was written today, actually. Specifically about this, and actually this is worse in England than it is here. Uh, Somehow, I don't know fucking why. But uh, the story was specifically about how 5G towers are being burnt down 
because of this conspiracy theory, which let me pull up the article actually. I forget where it started. But yeah, okay, here we go. The false theory linking 5G to coronavirus has been especially prominent, amplified by celebrities like John Cusack and Woody Harrelson on social media. I mean, thanks, celebrities. Never fucking disappointing. It has also been stoked by a vocal anti-5G contingent who have urged people to take action against telecom gear to protect themselves. 487 Facebook communities, 84 Instagram accounts, 52 Twitter accounts, and dozens of other posts and videos push the conspiracy. Wow, the, consp- the Facebook community has added nearly half a million new followers over the past two weeks. You guys, fucking stop. This is idiotic. Here we go. This is a good quote. It's a good quote from somebody in Parliament. This is nonsense of the absolute highest order. He said, Facebook and YouTube need to get a grip on the situation or risk undermining, undermining the crisis response. Quote, if we were to get a vaccine for COVID-19, can we trust the social media companies to ensure that the right public health messages are put out about that vaccine? I mean, fair, you know? God, why the fuck do you people believe this shit? You motherfuckers will believe anything. One of these tweets by one of these fucking people. Wuhan has 5,000 plus 5G base stations now and 50,000 by 2021. Is it a disease or 5G? Question mark. The tweet said it's a disease because you know what else Wuhan has? Fucking wet markets where every scientist and expert believes it fucking came from. Wet markets where animals are slaughtered fucking willy nilly right on top of each other. And the shit is eaten and the knives are unsanitary. Everything's all fucking smashed on top of each other. Hyper unsanitary. It came from that. Not the fucking tower. Not the 5G tower. You fucking idiots. And it's always like, oh, don't, what do you sheeple believe everything the media tells you? No, I don't believe everything the media tells me. But I also do not believe you. Why? Fucking... Because uh, I have a brain. Because I have a brain, and 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 I'm I'm worried that you don't, because of uh, the things you believe. Uh, what is the first thing you're gonna do when everything goes back to normal? I mean, when is everything gonna go back to normal? That's the thing. When everything opens, we're still gonna be like, "Don't get near me, motherfucker." We're gonna all be like traumatized by this shit. But the first thing I'm going to do in like a vacuum, if I were to think about the thing I want to do the most, assuming that some kind of normalcy will come back, uh, I would probably, the first thing I would do would be to go to my favorite restaurant. And I'm not telling any of you guys where that is because I don't want you guys to go to. I want to fucking go alone. Uh, during this time of quarantine, do we give people a pass if they say coinkydink instead of coincidence? No. Absolutely fucking not. What are your corona reading recommendations or music essentials? Okay. As I've been promising, I'm going to do an entire movie episode, but I'm, I want to say this even though this person didn't ask about it, they asked about books or music. It made me think of the, the, the essential thing that I've my, uh, the salve for my brain since, uh, all this has happened. I have found it and it has been in the form of rewatching some of not some of, uh, uh, my favorite films by a director, one of my favorite directors, and that director is Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma, if you don't know who he is, uh, you obviously should because he's one of the greatest filmmakers ever. In fact, you probably do know who he is and don't even realize it. He directed Scarface. He directed Carlito's Way. He directed uh, Carrie. He directed Snake Eyes. He directed Dressed to Kill. He directed Body Double. He directed the first Mission Impossible. He's fucking amazing. Anyway, his work 
is very uh he's an auteur he's he's a visionary he's he's got a very particular voice a particular eye and a particular mind and that's the kind of thing that is mm, it's not completely absent from movies now but it's certainly a dying breed uh he is arguably in terms of hollywood filmmakers the most uh particular and um he's he's extremely visual extremely interested in uh sex and violence and he's just here's the thing he's 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 a genius he's arguably the greatest craftsman when it comes to movies and sequences um and uh the ones i've rewatched are body double raising cane snake eyes uh femme fatale and i'm gonna keep watching them because the thing about his movies are that is that they're so fucking insane they're so weird and immersive and well-made and over the top when it comes to the sex and the violence obviously there's some commentary in there and he's he's a capable dude he's not just like i like sex i like violence i'm gonna make like put it in my movie he's the he's doing it with purpose and it he's the he's the only uh director that i have at least dabbled in since all this shit started or redabbled in that really legitimately takes my mind to another place and he uh i mean raising cane in particular is absolutely fucking bonkers but i love it and i love you brian de palma and i love you especially right now so if you're looking for movies to watch in in the interim uh until i do my full movie episode watch brian de palma's movies now after the year 2000 he gets pretty after snake eyes which he made in 19 i think 1998 or 1999 he totally fucking falls apart but he made a ton of movies before then uh just start from like carrie which i think he made in 76 and you can just basically go all the way up to uh 1999 when he made snake eyes with nicholas cage um yeah that's what i'll say about that oh this the postal service bullshit yeah um yeah, the Postal Service is going to be, is is already technically insolvent, but they just made a, like this some video plea to Congress and the White House to basically save them. Because, you know, the White House authorized some like private jet, jet business bailout, airline bailouts. They're bailing out a lot of shit. But they don't want to bail out the post office and they're saying they'll be totally inoperable by september if they don't get a bailout something like projections have them losing like 54 billion dollars next year if things continue at this rate people just aren't mailing things and they don't obviously they have no idea when they're going to start again so my feelings about this to respond to the tweet are that if you're going to bail out private fucking jet companies, White House, you should also bail out the fucking post office. I mean, how are we, what are we picking this shit out of a hat? Keep the post office, let the private jet company thing go. Thanks. In uh, inevitable post coronavirus societal changes. I mean, the ones that I think about the most are just like what it's going to be like when we first start going back to like movie theaters and sporting events and concerts. I mean, fucking concerts, comedy shows, people are just on top of each other. How is this paranoia that we're all sort of? feeling when we do go out into the world for some you know 
groceries or walking our fucking pets or going to your essential job, whatever it is. This paranoia that a lot of us feel. But those who are not lucky enough to be washed in the blood of Jesus and thus saved uh, immune to COVID-19. Us regular people are rightly paranoid about this at the moment. And I don't know when and if that's going to go away. That feels like a kind of like a trauma thing, like a like the way trauma sticks in your mind. It's like a fear-based thing. It's a health-based thing. And I think people are going to have a hard time uh, getting back into that. That being said, everyone is already so fucking eager to do it. Uh, but I think that the changes will mostly come from the 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 weird the friction between so so badly wanting to get back to normal and also retaining this deep seated paranoia that we're all sort of uh, feeling right now. Here's one about Bill Gates. Uh, but I already talked about Bill Gates. Oh, actually, you know what? Here we go. Oh, this is good. Ooh, ooh, COVID-19, COVID-19. Do COVID-19. Okay, well, I'm talking about that. I'm, and obviously, I'm not going to miss that topic. So I got, I addressed that person. Um, I get angry with conspiracy theorists. My conclusion is that they aren't super intelligent. So instead of looking at multifaceted, complex issues, they take the shortcut and jump to it being a conspiracy. And if you don't agree with them, it's because you're not in the know. I mean, look no further than what that guy said. I'm not even going to say more because that's exactly right. Because he asked that and I, and I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm going to, I'm going to read his next follow-up question, even though it's a deviation. This is his reward. So, Eric, this is for you, whoever the fuck you are. Also, are you a better director than your dad? Question mark. Or did your music career with Oasis and others of the like take some of the focus off of cinema? That's a good question. I was in Oasis. Thank you for knowing that. Thank you for liking my music. I was in that band with the Gallagher brothers. Uh, am I a better director than my dad? Um, nah, you know, I'm different. He's great. I'm great. We're great. We're different. Um, but he, I, I believe the question is, uh, as a few of these, yeah, here's another one. The challenges and difficulties I, I, I faced directing no pain. No pain is the name of my brother, Chris's comedy special. His new comedy special. He has several. His new Netflix comedy special. So I guess I'll take this opportunity to, to plug it. It is his finest work. And I don't say that only because it's the first one that I directed. <clears throat> I. It's called No Pain. Uh, and and, and it, it, he's. I'm unbiased, as anyone can tell. But I, I, I do believe him to be the greatest working comedian. And I was so happy to be able to direct it. And I'm so happy he fired my dad. My dad directed his first two, I believe. Or maybe his last two. I don't know. He's done so many. But uh, this is his best one. I really do believe that. It's so fucking good. And I, I, this quote, I guess to answer this question, what were the difficulties, challenges and difficulties? Honestly, and I don't mean to like say it was easy because nothing's easy and it was not easy really, but having directed an independent movie, having directed like spots, like little ads here and there, whatever the fuck promo, promo things. Short films, obviously. Things like this. Anything else I've actually directed. Even, yeah, any, anything actually I've directed. It, 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 it was so unbelievably uh, 
I've never been able to focus on my actual job more than I was this time around. Everybody that worked on it was so fucking good at their job and professional and everything that was planned for was nailed and gotten right and prepared for everybody that fucking everybody just came to work and did their work. And I found myself on the day of just being like, Oh, everything's done. Usually as a director, it's like you got eight things to figure out and only time to figure one of them out, you know, and you're just always behind the eight ball. I keep saying the number eight. Um, but this was incredibly different from that in the sense that everyone made my job so fucking easy. It, 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 they made it so that I only had to do my job. And I've never really been able to say that. Uh, so the reason I say I'm plugging it is because it actually it comes out on Netflix uh, on Tuesday, the 14th. And... I'm really, really, really excited about it. It's the first comedy special I've I've ever directed. Uh, and I would totally love to do more. It was really, really fun. And his special, his hour, his set is fucking incredible. And he's a genius. And I love him. And those two things are unrelated. He is a genius. And also, I love him. He's not a genius because I love him. And I don't love him because he's a genius. He is a genius, and I love him. That being said, I don't want to get, for the sake of clarity, he's not a genius in general. He's a comic genius. In every other way, I'm way, way, way more genius than he is. But yeah, he is a fucking comic genius, the special is fucking great. All I had to do was show up and him and everybody else did the rest. Uh, and I'm very proud of it. Put it in your queue. Comes out on the 14th. Watch it. Watch it. Uh, and hopefully you will have watched it by the time my next episode comes out on Wednesday. And we can talk more about it. Um, in the meantime, happy Church of K Day. I'm glad we were able to congregate today for another Sunday service. And I will see you once again before our next Sunday service. And before I go, I want to leave you with one thing. I've talked about Kenneth Copeland quite a bit. It's church day. He's that crazy pastor who blew on COVID-19 from his televised sermon and says, in accord according to him, that he killed it. He didn't kill it. Sorry, Kenneth, you failed twice. I'm sure by the time this comes out, you will have tried again. But I'm sure you're getting a lot of clicks. Anyway, I've been clicking around and really enjoying some of the remixes some of you motherfuckers did. sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. <laughs> I call for a supernatural heat wave straight out of hell. This fucking guy is so ridiculous. Alright, that's enough, but I just want to say fucking the internet is so great sometimes i love youtube so much we're so fucking lucky 
that we have access to the internet during this whole fucking thing. There'll be blood in the fucking streets in every city, every suburb, every rural fucking town all across the country. Be like the purge. There'll be dead motherfuckers just lying in the street if we didn't have the internet right now. People are already talking about, oh my God, I'm so bored. I don't know what to do. This is making me crazy. You all have the fucking internet? We're lucky as fuck. Everybody chill out. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay home. Use the internet. Fucking go on YouTube. Look at all the Kenneth Copeland remixes. This was one called Ken Copeland's Wind of God Remix by... I mean, I don't even want to say this, but I have to because I played it. What the, f- what the fuck, brah? But it's W-T-F-B-R-A-H-H-K. Whatever, though. I don't want to talk shit about that, dude. He made me laugh. There's so many of these remixes... I get a kick out of them. I love the internet. I love you. Uh, I'll talk to you again in a few days. Happy Sunday. Happy fucking Easter. Happy K-Day. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And stay home. Okay.